0: everybody the con artists here it's spring 2019 so we're ready to uh let you know everything we watched and see if any of it is worthwhile for you to watch so let's go this time it was my turn to watch all the shows yeah good work sue i know all of them forever All right, so let's start off with Carol and Tuesday. Uh, I was ecstatic about this show. I mean, I read the premise of it and I was like, oh my gosh, one of the lead characters is African-American, like sold. So I was really in for this one. Uh, So Carol and Tuesday is about two young women, Carol and Tuesday, who live in a fictional version of colonized Mars. Uh, in this world, music is processed and synthesized by AI instead of being written by people. So the very idea of people writing their own harmony, melodies, lyrics is very foreign.
1: The robots took our jobs and now they're taking our tunes.
0: Yes, precisely. No.
2: Curse you, Apple.
0: Uh, so these girls come from totally different backgrounds. Tuesday is super rich. Her mother's a politician. Carol is an orphan who works odd jobs to just make, make ends meet. Uh, but both of them share a deep love of music. Tuesday plays the guitar, like the acoustic guitar, and Carol plays keyboard. Um, so Tuesday runs away from home. She meets Carol, and this is just the story of them forming a musical duo and the trials and tribulations of them like trying to move up in the music world by actually writing their own songs. Um, so right off the bat, uh, the well, production they, value... Where do they
2: even get the idea to do that if, it's been, like, if, if no one does it?
0: So I think it's, it's one of those things that's like a lost art, like people remember it. So it's been gone okay. short enough that people are like, oh man, I, like they'll go play in a club, right? In one of the episodes and everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's been forever since I've seen people compose their own music. Like some of the people who are older, like say a grandparent's age, they remember the era we remember of music being written by people. Okay. So it's it's got that kind of time frame in it. Um the, sh- the production values are crazy high. Uh, I mean this is studio bones, so really really high uh caliber stuff. There's some jankiness in some of the actual, like, musical performances, like, you know, the the lips moving off sync or a little bit of rotoscope and the dancing, um, but the backgrounds and the future tech they've invented for this, you know, reimagined Mars is just, it's just beautiful. Uh, Mars is just so alive. There's, like, shops and bars and, you know, holy wow, the whole place feels like it's teeming with life, um... Sounds and expensive to animate. Yes, it's very. It looks very expensive to, to animate. Um, it's also just full of so many diverse people. Like effortlessly, like there's people of all different body shapes, of all different ethnicities, of you know, there's there's queer representation. It's incredible how diverse just the population of Mars is, and how they just seamlessly blend all these people together.
2: Are we sure this show was made in Japan? I
0: Actually, okay, so that's. It's funny you ask that question because uh whenever the girls start singing it breaks into perfect English. The intro and the ending mm-hmm. song are sung in English. Good. Somehow some way they have actual native English speakers singing for these two women. It's it's very obvious. That's, That's this is not extremely English. rare. Yes. Yeah, so they've really pulled out all the stops. I don't know what Studio Bones did or what kind of money Netflix pumped into this, but there's, there's people singing in English. Not just that. There's a deep understanding of Western music and the history of Western music. Every single episode title is the name of an album, a Western album. And we're talking, like, it digs into some albums that like my husband doesn't know and as a musician his knowledge is very very deep so whenever they're able to put an episode out that he doesn't know what album that's from I'm like oh wow someone did some homework.
2: Huh so it sounds like a love letter to what western western music.
0: Yeah a love letter to western music and a love letter is just like having to create your own music but I think what's really neat is that it circumvents the idea of a something like the musical rent. It's not like it's like, oh, it's sexy to be poor and a starving artist trying to make this music. Like, it's just these girls have a love of writing and singing their own music, and the world is slowly getting back into appreciating that because it's such a rare thing for people to have. So... It's really a lovely mm. show. It's just, it's it's gorgeous. Um, Carol, who is black, is not stereotyped in any way, shape, or form, which just made me so incredibly happy. Um, I will say the show does have a little bit of issues. In the, the last arc, uh, there was extremely aggressive lesbian, and there's, like, a set of transvestites who are all African-American, and it's a very just not nice portrayal of transvestites. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not great in some instances, but overall it it does a really good job of respecting all different types of of people. Um, So yeah, between, between the visuals, the really compelling leads, like you want these girls to succeed, uh, the, the biting criticism of, I think, synthesized music and how we're going down this path of really just not having any quality in what we care about in our music. Uh, I'm I'm a hundred percent in for this show. I'm so excited that it's it's got another thirteen or so episodes, Ooh, like twenty five nice. or twenty six. Yeah, it's a full full shebang, and I'm I'm in it in it to win it. So I'm really excited awesome. for this show. Really highly recommended.
1: Yeah, oh, cool. I'll have to pick this one up for the start of the second season when that happens.
0: Yeah, Dan, I think you'd really like it. It's just like, oh, we're not gonna put these girls in weird compromising position. No, it's just what? gonna be solid. What I know. <laughs>
1: Sounds good.
2: All right,
3: who's up next? Uh, that's a tough act to follow. Um, I uh, I watched a show that I really enjoyed called Hitori Bocchi no Maru Maru Seikatsu. Uh, that was a string of words, Brendan. It it's except some of them aren't even words. Like Maru Maru is how you pronounce two circles, which are placeholders in Japanese. Like X would be in English.
2: Okay.
0: huh. Oh, interesting.
3: And I'm not 100 percent sure where it's going with it, but uh, <laughs> having watched the show,
2: I cannot uh, still can't get it.
3: Uh, the um, but the it's about uh, a girl who's entering middle school with crippling social anxiety, and like the one friend that she had in elementary school is zoned for a different middle school. Throw her into the deep end. Exactly. That is exactly what happened. She says, Alright, H- uh Bochi or Hitori. Uh and, and everybody's name is a pun. Obviously, Hitori Bochi is uh Japanese for like being alone. Oh, okay. And and everybody has these names that string together to have some weird insight into their character. Uh but uh this the her friend says to her, You're going to a different school, and what's gonna happen is we're not going to be friends anymore until you befriend everyone in your middle school class. That challenge.
0: Oh my gosh. That's Operation challenge. Ultra Friendship.
2: <laughs> Key to the Metal Idol 2. This time right. it's middle school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I now need to make uh, something along the lines of 28 friends.
2: Okay, so just her, just her class, not her school. Okay.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, in I'm an way...
0: extrovert, and that gives me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> Jeez.
1: <laughs> now you put all this pressure on me. Plus,
2: there's that jerk in the back that no one likes.
1: <laughs> uh, ironically,
3: that's like the first person she manages to friend. Okay, I guess <laughs> start
2: start with the hard one. That's good.
3: Well, yeah, she actually sits behind that girl. Uh. And um. Yeah the uh, the first five or so episodes. Were more like hijinky like the uh the, the handful of people she gets uh to know because they like either sit near her or are the class vice president are kind of quirky or
2: uh okay so they form like their own little little clique there
3: yeah kind of um it was weird because i I got this feeling about the halfway mark that the characters reminded me of an old sprite comic called 8-bit Theater.
2: Wow, really? Who's, yeah. who's Black Mage?
3: Who's flashing back to, uh,
2: to back college?
0: Back in the day.
3: Yeah, uh, like, Hitori is sort of like the simple character who wants to be friends with everyone. She's kind of like Fighter. Um, but the Black Mage is kind of like the vice president character because she's fully lucid, but she has trouble like main, like actually being normal. Or pulling it off. Uh, the girl who sits in front of uh, Hitori, who is uh, Nako. Like, she's kind of like the thief, who's also fully lucid, and who's kind of a jerk. <laughs> and then uh, the other girl, uh, Sotoka, is kind of the analog of Red Mage because she's delusional, or she at least she comes off as delusional. Uh, she starts following Bochi around because uh, Bochi makes it her business to avoid social situations, and Sotoka, like, believes that she is a ninja (laughs) okay I can see the hijinks already and she wants to learn how to be a ninja from Bochi
2: wow Uh, can you train me in your secret arts of avoiding people
3: yeah it ends up being mostly how to make origami shuriken it's kind of cute Okay, what's interesting is that like I felt uh, at about the halfway point like I felt the jokes got better in episode 6 but then at episode 7 the show turned into like legitimate like super heartwarming drama Okay. Wow,
2: okay. All of a sudden.
3: Yeah, like Did it sustain
2: su- that or was it just like a one-off?
3: Pretty much for like most of the second half of the show, like right up until the last episode, which is sort of its own thing. Huh. Uh.
0: Now were you happy about that or was it like it oh, sounds yeah. like it was starting to gain its its comedic chops a little and it just like hard drops it.
3: Yeah, it's like she meet she uh she catches a glimpse of her friend as the as she and her her new friends are out somewhere and like there's this uh you can't even really call it an exchange because she like she goes like she like they make eye contact and then the other girl like turns her back on her but there's like the whole rest of the scene is her like talking about what uh like what she's accomplished so far it's very touching
2: huh nice
3: definitely uh like this other, and yeah it ends at the uh the the end of the uh the year there's a couple of other characters in the second half they get introduced um the 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 ending credits is outstanding i don't know if i've ever heard a song an anime that was in Walt's time that i didn't absolutely love uh <laughs> and this one did it and this one did it
2: nice sounds sounds recommended
3: yeah, definitely.
0: Is it self-contained, Brendan? Is there more? It's
3: it's 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 contained up in in the sense that like they they end the first year, and so and show that you know progress has been made. Uh, I suppose if if the manga continues, and I don't know if it does because I'm not really a reader, they could uh, they could easily make another season of it and just have it be the next year or something.
2: Hmm. Nice. Wow. That sounds really good.
0: Color me impressed. Yeah. So, who wants not at all even remotely heartwarming drama? How about Attack on Titan?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there we
2: go. All right.
0: All right. So, Attack on Titan, season three. This was part two. Uh, I think there was a core in the middle. Like, Winter didn't have it. So, this is the continuation of uh, what we had talked about, you know, two cores before. So, right out the gate, I mean, this show just explodes. Um, last season we were forced to sit through a lot of stilted plot. There was a lot of, like, person drama going on within the walls, and there was a coup and stuff about the royal family, and this season is like, okay, yeah, we're done with that. Back to form with the killing of the titans and the, the camera work swinging every which way. Uh, the season looks great. Um, my big thing was we finally discover what's in the basement, And for those of you who are uh, not manga readers, uh, this was a huge deal for us. Like, if you're reading the manga, it's way ahead, so you already knew. But I've been waiting since season one. And this season actually desperately needed to prove itself to me because my husband and I were considering being done with this permanently. It just, it it felt like it was dragging and dragging. And we were like, I swear, if you do not get to this basement (laughs) and reveal what's down there, I am done with this nonsense so that came
1: up in like the very beginning of the first season i remember that and it's been god years at this point
0: yes we've been waiting since season one for what the heck is in that basement and you know dan it was actually pretty cool the plots coming together it delivered all right it delivered it delivered Um, how unexpected yeah this season has just amazing action some really you know intense scenes Uh, It does have some writing problems which I'll just touch on really quick. Uh, I think this comes from the author just being a manga greenhorn uh, with, with the storytelling. So the Titans have revealed themselves to have some pretty nutty powers as I've continued to watch the show things like memory wiping and super screech and hardening skin and all that stuff. They're turning Um, into like
2: angels from Evangelion.
0: Yeah, like this season flies clean off the handlebars. So at one point, uh, Levi, one of the lead characters, he basically practically severs the head of one of the characters that's trying to transform into a titan. Like, his blade goes clean through this guy's neck. And if he had just, like, twisted in any way, I mean, this guy's head's coming clean off. The the guy still manages to transform. And then he monologues to himself, and he's like, good thing I transferred my consciousness from the upper part of my brain down the spine into my rib cage. Otherwise, I would have been in trouble. And I'm like, you know what? That sounds like bullshit. Like no. (laughs) I was so angry, like yell at the screen no. So oh
1: I mean When conservation of mass has gone out the window from like concept one, I guess I could forgive that sort of thing, but that really seems like cheating.
0: I'm glad you hate that too, Dan. I just chalk it up to anime nonsense. Yeah. Alex gets really frustrated when we watch it. He's like, how are you creating mass out of nothing? And I'm like, honey, Japan.
2: It's a photosynthesis. Just deal with it. Yeah, it's
0: cool. So, you know, that was that was really like a yell at the screen. We hate this. There's also problems where in like the lead characters sit around talking like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Should we do this? Should we do this? And then like the, the villains swoop in and like take the take someone or cut them off at the pass and then they're like oh no if only we had done something and you're like i i, I just hate everyone right now <laughs> i'm gonna kill
1: you all your indecisiveness will be the death of humanity yes
0: precisely so there's so many moments of indecisiveness that just you're like hello hello if you just killed this guy who's murdered tons of you instead of sitting around being like should we shouldn't we uh, like no no just do it <laughs>
2: Maybe they'll just go away.
0: Oh my gosh, jeez. All right, anyways, regardless, um, you know, I, I think all my waiting has paid off, and I'm, I'm curious to see how this all wraps up. Uh, from what I've read, the manga should be ending in about two years or so, so I think we are nearly at, like, the end of an era type thing, so I'm, I'm curious no how Attack on Titan's going to wrap it all up and, and come together, but I am, I think, in it for the long haul at this point, but man, there's... All right,
2: so it really recovered.
0: It did recover it did recover yeah there's just some writing problems but that is maybe to be expected for your very first first manga and the fact that this show just keeps upping upping and upping the spectacle so good grief charlie brown i Mm. mean i can't really say recommended if you've been in it this long you're probably in it all the way through (laughs)
2: you're probably in it too fair enough well, moving on to the uh, pretty much the precise opposite of that again. So we're going to be on a roller coaster today. Uh, I watched Senryu Girl, uh, which is a simple, like short episode, like 10-minute, 12-minute episodes, kind of feel-good romance slash comedy thing. Uh, and I liked it. Uh, this is one of those rare shows where there's no drama in the relationship at all. Like the couple basically just gets closer over the course of the show. Uh the unique bit of the show. So the, the female lead only communicates with written haikus. So it's it's kind of charming, uh, despite how unrealistic this is as a premise. They they still kind of made it work. So good on them for that. Uh, and they eventually sort of accumulate a, a fun group of side characters with their own weird quirks that were basically around to add a few more jokes and couple scenarios. And I mean, they, they do their thing. Like they add this character who only communicates by essentially drawing herself in manga style and like holding it up in front of her. Uh, And there's just this one bit where the girl with the haikus and the girl with the drawing things are talking to each other, like exclusively of course, with their written medium and like, they're all getting, they're getting really excited. So when the characters do this, like they have the character reading the line basically. So there is someone speaking, but they're not speaking on screen. So they zooms out to the other characters looking at them and they're just watching these two people write things down and then jump up and down excitedly in total silence. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, all right, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, what else was there? Like the club president. Uh, so they're in this club for, for learning how to write better poetry. Basically uh, has this running bit where she puts on dark sunglasses and really like painfully, obviously tails the couple and oh, it, it I haven't just, seen that in a while. It just got better every time she did it. Like, it was increasingly ridiculous. And it was funny. Uh, and the show has more than a few legitimate, like, duh moments, which is kind of why you're here. So, they, you know, they did that. Uh, in terms of stuff I didn't like, there was this one side character, like this this lady character, who's just randomly all over the male lead, even though she's clearly also rooting for the female lead and him to be a couple. She just feels extraneous, like she's from a harem anime and got sort of dropped into the wrong show. (laughs) So it's just kind of weird. Like, what are you you doing here? Uh, But overall, I liked it. I think some of you followed it a little bit.
0: Yeah, Brendan, I'm curious where you dropped out. I also started with this show. Uh, I actually dropped out right at Sketchbook Girl because (laughs) as soon as she appears, I did find that scene with the two of them speaking in complete silence adorable. However... I was like, I can't handle two of you. Like one of you speaking <laughs> They're in haiku. Multiplying. Yeah, was is adorable and a, a quirk that I like that the show was doing. But I the, the sketchbook girl drove me up a wall because I was like, listen, you're chatty Kathy. Like this this girl talks a mile a minute, draws a mile a minute. I should say. I'm like, listen, no, there's no reason that you should be this silent. Like haiku girl is actually really painfully shy sketchbook girl is like no that's it. it you're you're basically sia and you just want narine's backstory
2: you do just want everyone wants narine's backstory
0: yeah so i was like oh forget <laughs> it. i'm done now i'm done i wanted to make it to the girl with the, the crystal ball who has but but i was like oh forget about it so and then i, I was spending too much time actually counting the syllables and seeing if they were doing all her lines in haiku i was having like a brendan moment i was like was that a haiku let me pause and listen again yeah that was five seven five okay and then i was like i'm not really watching this show now i'm just like trying <laughs> to like, see if it's gonna fail you're like i'm
2: auditing this show now like Precisely, it's not yeah. a good feeling you guys have set a limitation,
1: and we're gonna make you stick I'm to it. I'm putting
0: on my sunglasses and creepily watching the syllables <laughs> go by. So forget about it. So yeah, I dropped out somewhere around episode four.
3: Uh, I think I, the last one I watched was probably just the amusement park episode because of the like the the big sis character like, oh, rubbed me the that's wrong the way. way.
2: Yeah,
3: but uh, if she stays to the background well enough. Maybe I'll get back into it.
2: She does. I mean, she's actually not in it that much like every scene she's in you're like really you again but she's not in that many thankfully so i can recommend it if that's if what you want is very simple no drama comedy like romance uh or or haikus i guess (laughs) but whatever it was fun so not much more to say there
0: that's good all right, I'll take the next one, and this time I don't have something that's got excruciating amounts of violence. So the roller coaster seems to be evening out a little. Oh, nice. Um, so we'll go with Hachigatsu no Cinderella Nine, which, uh, was was unfortunate. I was looking forward to this show. Whenever there's a sports show where you know it's it's entirely starring young women, I always give it a shot, and I'm always hoping that they they push up to a high quality. Um, high, you know, haiku. Oh my gosh, hi- wow. Q, jeez, <laughs> is my gold standard. Uh, I think that that show is incredible. So I don't, you know, always expect a high but at the same time, like I think that the ones with women are always just mediocre and tragically Aww. I've struck out again. Haha, totally intended. Ha. Uh-huh. Um. So this show has a release the spice complex. Uh, it's, it's very pleasant. Okay? That, could mean, that
2: could mean so many different like slightly negative things.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it's very pleasant. Uh, none of the girls in the show are ever put in weird compromising positions. There's uh-huh. no bath scene. Like there's just none of that stuff. And it's just about these girls who come together to form a baseball team and, you know, enjoy the sport with the power of friendship and hard work. Uh, the the big problem is it's so incredibly mediocre, and some of that is its fault, and some of that it's just its runtime. You know, the first big issue is that baseball has a large number of players. You know, nine players in a full team, and with only thirteen episodes, like oh wow, the, yeah. the show yeah. is just throwing girls into this team left and right. I uh. genuinely like can't remember anyone's name. That's that's how fast these girls were coming into the mix. And, you know, the, once the team forms, then like the rival teams have to show up because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a sports show. So it just feels like this weird haphazard jarring, like, oh my gosh, our team is finally together. Quick, have some episodes where we work out some personal issues. Quick, have some episodes where we're sort of training. Quick, a tournament. And you're like, what is even going on? You can't,
2: like, you can't fit a tournament in here
0: no they exactly but they pseudo try they're like oh, oh my God. goodness it's time for the national you know league starring only you know women's hardball teams and i'm like w- where would where did this even come from like how did we get here <laughs> what what timeline are we on how you know? did you get like, caught
1: how did the team get caught by surprise here
0: yeah exactly and just weirdly enough you know it drives me a little crazy when everyone's backstory in one of these sports shows is just like so unbearably tragic. But I think the show just needed some stakes. Like it, it needed to up the stakes a little or just it needed more room to breathe. It desperately needed more episodes. You know, it just it needed more character development. It needed some spice, gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> that had to happen. That had to happen. It just, it needed something. It needed an oomph. And so ultimately, this show is forgettable. I don't recommend it. It has absolutely nothing offensive in it. It is like young women playing baseball. So to be fair to it, you get exactly what you thought you were going to get when you went in. So it's not like girls sipping. It's not K-On.
2: It's not K-On, hmm. which honestly is a major thing in its favor. Like, yes, good for it.
0: yes. These are girls playing baseball, but... Ultimately, it just ended up mediocre, so I would I would give it a pass. Um, and Dan, just for you,
2: oh yes,
0: I have a moment just for you. So, do you remember when we were first looking at shows for this season, and one of the girls in the poster picture has like a cat-eared hoodie, and you were like, "That girl better get rid of that hoodie, or I'm gonna slap someone."
1: (laughs) I think I remembered. I think I said something along the lines of. I can already picture her entire personality and character arc just from the fact that she's wearing that.
0: Yes, and you were really hoping she'd get rid of that because she has to run around on a field. Dan, you will be happy to know that she gets rid of that hoodie and then gets a hat with cat ears as part of her uniform.
2: (laughs) (sighs) With, With, I assume, no explanation?
0: No explanation whatsoever. Just straight up. Her hat has the cat
2: ears.
1: You guys do know what uniform means, don't you? And I was like, Dan. (laughs) (sighs) It's a shining
0: moment. It's shining, shining day. So good job. Good job, Hachigatsu. But yeah, give this one a pass, unfortunately.
3: Uh, I hope you're ready for uh, like to uh, to have uh dan and scott and the eye fight over which show you watch next where they'll be trying to get you to watch taisho baseball girls and i'll be trying to get you to watch princess nine <laughs> that is actually yep
2: that's what i recommend so you
3: got me
1: yeah same here
0: i'm excited because if one of those of the is the classics actually it's good. 26 episodes yes all the episodes <laughs> more character development
1: so where does that leave us well uh Guess jumping onto something completely different, once again, the roller coaster. As going. is our
2: theme for the day.
1: <laughs> As is our theme. Um, I've been following uh, the second season of One Punch Man. Uh, first season, I had actually initially been very skeptical of that show, but when I finally sat down and watched it in full, like, it blew me away. It was fantastic. A lot of people really liked it, and for good reason. It's, you know, it's got great action, animation is beautiful, the humor is just really sharp and really uh and really cool and the second season for the most part lives up to that um it builds off of some of the things we learned in season one but most of it is just kind of a continuation things have begun to escalate the monsters are getting organized and all of the other heroes we get to see a lot more of them um as they try to fight off this like just ever-growing wave of monsters and beasts and other craziness Um, that has way more leadership and organization than they had previously, where it had just sort of been kind of a very much monster of the week, one-off thing where, you know, a bunch of dudes would show up and they'd get beaten down by whatever heroes were around or just blown away by Saitama, the one-punch man. And in this case, he is actually going and doing what I would call the Dirtbag Superman Rather, he is the most powerful person in this entire ensemble, far and away, Uh, but he is off, like, trying to understand martial arts and failing at every step of the way (laughs) in, like, his, uh, his own little, like, abbreviated tournament sequence while these other people are desperately fighting to try and keep these different cities from being destroyed. But because of that, you get to see a lot of the other heroes that we only caught, you know, brief glimpses of mostly towards the end of season one when we got kind of deeper into the hero world. So it expands on the universe a little bit. And uh, you get to see what these people are do, you know, on a day to day basis. And again, it's funny. It's well animated. It's really sharp. Um, and they have created a very interesting scenario where the heroes now have to be more i don't want to say they want they need to be more proactive because they're still reacting to what the monsters are doing but now they need to sort of take the initiative rather than just being on the defensive and Hmm. so it's all very much building up towards the next part of the show um and so we're going to have to wait until that one comes around to see how that plays out. But again, really well made, really, really well written. Uh, so they, a fun
2: ride on the way there. Yeah,
1: a fun ride on the way there. We get to explore a bit more of Saitama's, uh, I guess, disconnect from the rest of the world. It was it was touched on plenty in the first season, but now we're you know, sort of doing a deep dive into it as he starts to make more friends and like closer friends with other people in the hero community because he is so strong that nothing is a challenge to him. He can't relate to people in that way, and he's just kind of drifting through life, barely getting enjoyment out of anything. And as he meets other people with different perspectives and different problems, he's starting to slowly gain more of an appreciation for his responsibilities as a hero, while still being just kind of a jerk. Not even a jerk, really. Just <laughs> kind of s- dim. Yeah, he's not. He's not dim, though. He's he catches on fairly quickly. He's not. Uh, he's not an idiot. He's just very uh, lackadaisical. That's the best word for it. He just he has no passion to him whatsoever. Okay. But they're starting to, you know, by encountering these people, by learning more about what's going on, he's starting to feel more responsibility towards everyone and everything around him. It's not just about him trying to find something that'll actually pose a slight challenge. It's now like, wait, I have these powers. I should probably do something positive with them. Yet at the same time, he's still the kind of guy who for as amazing as he is at all of that, will get incredibly frustrated and infuriated by someone who's better at him at a vid- better than him at a video game. So, <laughs> he's He's very human, despite being so disconnected from the rest of humanity, and I really enjoyed it. So, hmm. we'll see how the uh, we'll see how the second half of it uh, pans out. But so far, again, if you enjoyed the first one, definitely worth checking out the second season. I hope uh, I hope everyone has a chance to go back and check that out if they haven't already, because it was oof, it was a ride.
2: Cool.
0: Nice. All right, back to me. I've watched too much stuff, guys. What is wrong with me this season? You watched a lot. All right, so let's uh, let's take over with Fairy Um So Fairy has the premise of there was a war between several nations, and uh, it ultimately ended, and all of the nations are now unified under one ruler. And there's a whole lot of, you know, discontent over being unified. And that sort of plays into some of the politics of of the world. Uh, In this world, there were soldiers called fairy soldiers. Because the way the world works is like Shintoism is kind of on full display here. Like fairies are real. You can see them floating around out in nature. And if you catch one and you kill it and you put part of it into your body very close to the heart... Um, you can actually call its spirit out to fight for you. Your your spirits will be interconnected. Huh. Um, so post war, these people who are fairy soldiers become illegal. Like they're kind of like illegal citizens walking around because the very idea of doing these fairy experiments, creating fairy soldiers, just becomes banned and taboo. So uh, all of them band together into a government group. That's in between the military, which wants to use all fairy research for militant purposes to keep unified, it's called Zeskia, unified Zeskia together. Like you do. Right, like you do. And the fairy scholars who want to continue to study fairies for academic purposes or purposes that are not in the arena of military. So they're kind of the go-between. And they're still under government watch, but they're respected enough that when they show up, their organization's called Dorothea, everyone is like, oh, okay, Dorothea members are here. Like, the police back down, and they know to let them take over any sort of fairy-related case. So, that's, that's really the idea here. Um... So, during the war, there was something called the Black Fairy Tome, which was a whole bunch of illegal research collected together that shows you how to kill fairies, extract their body parts, and put them into people to create fairy soldiers and do various other experiments uh, that involve humans and fairies fusing together. So, this thing is, like, ancient and sacred, and it's lost, and everybody wants it uh, for one purpose or another. So they
2: don't, they don't know how to make more fairy soldiers without this thing?
0: It doesn't seem like it. Huh. There's something in it that's very special. I think um, beyond having to fuse your body parts, I think it actually may have a way to create fairy soldiers en masse.
2: Okay, that would be different. I was going to say, if we had a war, clearly both sides had the abilities to make fairy soldiers, so they can't... Like, the tome can't be the only thing.
0: Correct, yeah. There's something in it that would let you, like, circumvent that really difficult process of having to have a surgery and everything. And you could just create them en masse. And it has various other, like, experiments that were done which are really valuable to gaining fairy powers. So, you know, you could become a a very strong force. And since Unified Zeskia is on shaky ground, like, any ability to gain more power is, is a big deal. Um, so, yeah, everyone's trying to get their hands on it. Uh, there's also some revenge plots in there. There's, you know, fairy soldiers trying to find their way in life. Uh, one girl is searching for her long lost friend. This show is a very odd duck, honestly, guys. Uh, so it's written by the same writer as Grimgar of Ashen Fantasy, for those of you who remember that show. It was a solid show. That means it's very, very slow. It's very slow. It's obsessed with the building of its world, you know, this really complicated world with deep politics and changing alliances and all that kind of stuff. And I actually didn't mind the show's slow as molasses plot. You know, everyone, I think, on on other sites I read was just complaining to high heaven and I was like, guys, every show can't be Attack on Titan. Let's all calm down. Hmm. But anywho. Take a breath. Take a breath. It's very slow, and it wants to, to immerse you immensely. You know, its colors are very realistic. Its characters reminded me a little bit of, like, Witch Hunter Robin. Like, there's, there's just oh, a wow. realism <laughs> to their designs and their color schemes and, and all that good stuff. Um... I I think the problem is that, A, it has ugly CG, and it ultimately, like, really ugly, the fairies come out really ugly, and ultimately it bloats beyond its control. So there's, like, a whole bunch of plot threads, like, that just, they come into precedence in the beginning, and then they just get dropped, like, the revenge plot is there, full, front and center, in the beginning of the show, and you think it's gonna be about this girl, Marlea, looking for her long-lost friend, Veronica Thorne, And Veronica Thorne is on a revenge mission. She wants the Black Fairy Tome to get enough power to kill off one of the dukes uh, who, who betrayed their village and burned it to the ground in order to, like, help with his part of the war and, you know, gain allegiance of some other nation. So... That's her whole deal, and you think it's gonna be, like, mostly that simple effect, and she ends up becoming a fairy soldier sort of by accident, so she's forced to be in Dorothea, otherwise the government will hunt her down, and so it's just, you think it's gonna be that, like, her quest to find Veronica Thorne and their reconciliation. No, it's not that. That gets dropped like midway through the show. There's this gigantic <laughs> oh. plot about all the Dukes trying to to make a coup to knock out the Emperor, to get rid of, the, you know, the guy who's leader of Parliament. Like, it's just, it's all over the place. Huh. And, you know, characters just like talk at each other forever. And, you know, the show is gonna be two cores. It's it's halfway done, and the next the next half of it is in October. And I don't feel like Practically anything got accomplished. Like, all of these characters are just there floating. I mean, the world is interesting enough, but it, 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 too much weirdness is happening, and the show moves too slow that, you know, it's hard to pay attention after a while. You're like, somebody, somebody do something.
2: This sounds, sounds dense. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's very dense, and it almost, I think it would have worked better as a book or something. Like, as a, as a show, it's, it's too slow-moving, it's too jam-packed, with world building stuff and it sounds like of almost of that, like two
2: to like like the equivalent of like a wall of text or something. Like it's too too much exposition, not enough action. Exactly.
0: Mm. That's perfect way to say it's too much exposition, not enough action. And then on top of it, because it needs to move its pseudo plot around, like it loses track of some of the stuff it's trying to put in there. Like I, I told you guys there's like a Shintoism effect where fairies are just floating around. Outside of this one fairy that fuses into Marlea, we never see fairies just meandering around in real oh come on that's
2: like core of your world
0: that's the big that's the big shtick and you're like what like isn't that a thing and it's like no 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 except maybe it just doesn't happen in big cities like maybe you only have to be in wooded areas because we're not in like the forest very often or anything like that we're in like cities and towns and stuff but yeah Hmm. just it's very odd it's it's too dense and at the same time doesn't follow through and ultimately some of the episodes they are boring so i'm of two mindsets i'm not really sure if i'm gonna continue into mm. october we'll have to we'll have to wait and see uh okay. it's it's a little rough however fairy Gun gets the award for having the dumbest names i have ever <gasps> heard of in a really oh. long time so let me regale you with some of these names get ready for it Free oh, Underbar <laughs> Okay Schwartz Deezay Okay Bitter Sweet. Everyone calls her Sweetie Really seriously She's like a deadly assassin <laughs> And every time she appears on screen They're like Sweetie mm-hmm. And I'm like Please stop <laughs> saying that Oh no B.V. Liskar <laughs> Okay <laughs> And Glyph Mercer <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, at least there's that.
3: At Somebody least... brought the Van Dred guy out of retirement.
2: <laughs> or the heavy object guy.
0: The heavy object guy, yeah. It, oh, gosh, guys, why? So, anywho, uh, yeah, honestly, as it stands now, I do not recommend it. Uh, if I end up trying it in October and its second half like makes the first half worth sitting through, uh, I'm in it. But... I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're trying to write a really complicated like D and D campaign, its world is interesting, but okay. and its politics are interesting. But that's that's really all it's got going for it right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, well. that's a shame. No,
2: well, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll pan out. Hmm. Uh, so for me, uh, I finished this this the second half, I guess, of uh, the Rising of the Shield Hero. I finished up. Uh, so. I guess the stuff I liked first, much as with the first time I viewed the show, the adventuring parts, the parts that are not really interacting with uh, like human society are pretty fun to watch. Uh, the shield hero gets his name cleared, uh, which felt pretty good. Like everyone s- sort of stops hating him forever. Uh, and he personally is showing growth as a person and starting to trust people again. And I do appreciate that they made this take, you know, a really long time, like months in, in the show's timeline. Like, in most anime, you get betrayed at lunch and you're friends again by dinner. Uh, but, like, this, they really, like, made it a big part of his character. Uh, and also, like, there's there's a lot more to do, and they kind of obviously won a second season, but I feel like they had a good wrap-up point. Like, they wrapped it up well. Uh, so, good on them for that. In terms of the negatives, boy, they're all still in full effect. Like... The constant fawning over the shield hero by every woman in the show is exhausting. <laughs> like, especially now that he can interact with society again, like, Hey, look all these other people. They also love the shield hero. Uh, the way he gets his name cleared, which is basically like the queen torches it out of her daughter was over the top and left a bad taste. Uh, like uh, basically she's now like the the daughter is now required by law to be referred to by these obscene names in place of her regular name. So that's kind of super gross. And then the, and the show played that off as being as his, the shield hero being like magnanimous towards her. Uh, I was like, ugh, I'm kind of disgusted right now. Jeez, uh,
0: sure. come on now.
2: Come on now. Uh, also, like more broadly than just the shield hero, but pertinent here, like Anime. Anime, you gotta level with me. Like I'm tired of plots where the church is the bad guy. Like, it's so cliche, please. You got you gotta change it up. And yes, there's of course it's here too, but like, come on. Think of a think of a new evil group. You Scott, how's it,
0: it going with that slavery motif? Did they tone that down a bit?
2: Kinda like he doesn't let any of them stop being slaves, but also like he doesn't add anyone to the roster. So it it doesn't get brought up at any point. Like other than remember how I said the the queen like tortures it out of her daughter? Like they're basically like, ah, oh, we're gonna put a temporary slave crest on you, and then you have to answer questions honestly, like as if it's a court trial sort of. Uh and so I guess it gets used for that. But other than that it doesn't really show up again.
0: Ugh, fun times.
2: Fun times? Yeah, like it's really hard to recommend the show. Like it does look good, and the adventuring parts are fun, but there's all this baggage. So, I'm going to go with probably not on recommendation, but there are people out there who would probably enjoy it, so we'll see.
0: Interesting. Would you watch more of it?
1: Would
2: I watch more of it? Uh, I guess if it was a thin season, I would pick it up again, Whatever, whenever it came out again. Like, it could get beat out, let's put it that way.
1: We just gotta hope for some All better right. fantasy.
2: Well. Yeah, next season looks like it has a ton. So, I mean not oh, that. No no man, there's a lot a of isekai. Season, but...
1: It is it is pretty rife.
2: There's okay, it's there's also a lot of isekai.
0: Yeah, anime level with me. Enough with the isekai.
1: <laughs> late novel adaptation. Late novel adaptation. Late novel mm. adaptation, Isekai, isekai, isekai. I'm beginning to sense a trend.
2: I think isn't one of them called like Isekai Cheat Magician or something? Yes, like, yes, I believe it title? is. Yes, yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah I <laughs> okay, I guess he shouldn't make fun of New Season too much. Maybe that one's gonna be the one that breaks the mold, but who's up
3: next? <laughs> um I watched a weird show called The Helpful Fox Senko-san. Huh. That sounds heartwarming. Yeah, really, it kinda right? is. Um so the premise of this show is that there's this salaryman in Japan. Who's... Poor lad.
2: Poor, poor lad.
3: Poor lad, who's like—he's job... only
0: joined by everyone in Japan. It's okay.
3: Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> so, like, whatever, whatever office job he has, you know, is one of those jobs that you know keeps him working like really, really long hours. Uh, uh, to the point where he occasionally just sleeps at work instead of, or after having missed the last train back to wherever neighborhood that he actually lives in, uh, and. He's just perpetually exhausted.
1: And
3: the, uh, a kitsune spirit creature person who, uh, basically had a new one of his ancestors, uh, decides to, like, come out of whatever like, spirit world they uh, normally live in and sort of help him out around the house.
2: Huh. So it sounds like uh what's the name of that genre? Like the the healing genre, whatever it's called.
3: Oh. Oh crud. I should know this. It I word. it's um Yashike.
2: Yashike. It sounds like Yashike.
3: Uh, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Like it's kind of like Ayashike blended with uh ASMR, I think. Not that I know a lot about hmm. ASMR. But well, and that that mostly comes out in the um after the ending credits there's like a, a minute or so of like a little segment called Super Senko-san time which is done in first person.
2: Okay, which is you, a little weird. Would you characterize it as creepy or okay?
3: I would characterize it as okay for the most part. Right. Um it like it's it, it doesn't rub everybody the same way, I think. Like uh I was reading a little bit of commentary on it and some people are concerned with the the way that the relationship is portrayed. Uh I will also say that like in in the the second halves of the first two episodes have, uh, uh, some scenes that are erotically coded, I think, like much more than I'm comfortable with, given that it's, (laughs) but that, uh, because the, or one of the, one of the, um, stress relief sort of motifs uh, going on is this guy, like, petting Senko-san's foxtail because it's so fluffy. And so there's, like, you know, some people are concerned that, you know, this this relationship is, like, this weird blend of uh, girlfriend and pet and, like, mom as far as doing housework. Uh. uh Having not really been in a, you know, domestic relationship myself in this fashion, I find it—I'm not sure how qualified I am to comment on that, but, f- like, after the first two episodes, it seemed like a lot of the stuff that they were got up to was just um, intimate without being— you know, creepy. I guess I don't know. Okay,
2: so they kind it, of cleaned it up, I guess.
3: Yeah. Uh, it <clears throat> it's a weird show. Like, it's not like weird, weird, but it's conceptually weird, I guess.
2: Hmm. So um, she just like hangs around all day at his house, like when he's at work.
3: Um, as far as I can tell. Hmm. Like.
0: But it doesn't have that heartwarming oomph that like. What was that show you watched, Brent? Like, Dragon Sama or something?
3: The Dragon Maid? Dragon Maid was very similar to this, actually. In that, yeah, that's about uh, oh, crud. What's her name? Like, moving in with Kobayashi. And then, like, them sort of forming a family-style unit. This is, it's a little bit different from that. Uh, the... Where am I going with this? It's
0: you can just say it, Brennan. The fluffy tail adds the creep factor that pushes it over the edge. It's okay.
3: <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> there was a different kind of creep factor with the dragon tail. The, oh,
2: that's um, right. She kept wanting him to eat the dragon tail.
3: Ugh. I don't know because there's because there's stuff like oh, you know, there's there's gonna be this bit about them just going to the store and interacting, or they uh, they uh, they go to some you know really actually going on vacation for once in his miserable life or uh <laughs> like there's a an episode in which like she plays Barber and cuts his hair. Like the whole thing about that is all like little little like domestic stuff and it I don't know. It I didn't I didn't think it was particularly off putting after the first two episodes. Okay. Uh, sorry. Your your mileage may vary, I guess. Uh there's a neighbor character, she's largely extraneous. There's two more foxes, uh, they're largely extraneous.
2: Just sort of to add some flavor, once in a while, like, all right, we're tired of writing these two characters, uh, throw in another one.
3: Yeah, like, uh, two of the episodes, like, have Senko-san and switched out for uh, Shiro and Sora, respectively.
2: Huh. Okay. Would you uh, recommend but...
3: it? I mean... Yeah, that's a hard one because I can't just say like watch the first episode because it's got the creepy tail scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh you gotta you gotta like read up on it, I guess, and see if it's something you want to commit to.
2: Okay, hmm.
0: it's in that mysterious ether of maybe, maybe.
3: maybe.
0: <laughs> Man, um, yeah, I'll just actually it's it's a good thing you just did that one because I have one. Not that's creepy, but isn't that similar ether of of maybe? Um, so Kono Oto Tomare. Uh this this is a show about a student trying to rekindle the koto club. So the koto is a Japanese oh, so string terrific. instrument. I know it's very unique, um, and and you guys know me and my just addiction to trying out the the music based shows so anyway um the koto is a japanese string instrument it's uh wooden and it's extremely heavy it's meant to resemble a dragon you should really look it up it's a super cool instrument oh
2: neat
0: um so if anyone remembers badminton killed my mom with Hanebato. oh yes this is koto killed my grandpa okay
2: Oh, no. an, it, did it fall on him?
0: No. Okay, so wait for it. Like, absolutely <laughs> everyone in this club, guys, has the most tragic backstory you could imagine. So, Why? Yes. Yeah, so, like, lead lead guy who's president of the club, his backstory isn't that bad. It's just that his brother and his parents think of him as, like, a pushover, and they just want him to speak his mind, and he's so, like, weak-willed that he has a hard time, like, being the president. The next guy who joins is a delinquent, Okay, like the whole school just thinks he's like this punk ass delinquent, and okay. he used to get into fights all the time in in junior high, and just like beat kids up. Like there's a sequence; it's pretty rough. Like this he beats kids up in an alley. Like at one point, he gets knifed in the hand. Eesh. Like it's
2: yeah, it's it's kind of gruesome. Yeah. But then he meets a girl who speaks only in uh, haiku.
0: Yeah, and then everything gets better. No way. For, so it turns out he's not really that bad of a guy. And his grandfather, who took him in because his parents kicked him out, they were like, "We're done with you. Go go somewhere else." So he lives with his grandfather, and his grandfather's a koto maker. Um, and his grandfather's like, "I know you're not a bad guy. Come over here and and try koto." I think it'll it'll change your life a little bit, so he gives Koto a try at one point, and he realizes like yeah this is this is great like I really like this, and so he tries to start turning himself around, and his uh, ex delinquent buddies are like we don't like that you're, you know your fangs are being shaved down a little bit we want you to go back to being a punk so they break into his grandfather's store, break all the Kotos and his grand like they hit his grandfather and he gets a heart attack and then his grandfather ends up dying a couple of weeks in the hospital Jeez. wow
2: okay that got serious
0: yes that got serious in a hurry and so he wants to rekindle the koto club and and help with that because it means a lot to his grandfather so, yeah, the Koto killed my grandpa. Anyway, so, it and it's like that. I mean, that guy's is the most serious, but everyone has this really tragic backstory who joins this club. So, my husband will watch and he's like, is this just a thing in anime? Like, does everyone who joins a club have a horrible, horrible past? And I'm like, I don't even know. This show in particular is is rough
2: how many koto players can there possibly be and all of them are tragic
0: yes yes scott like tons of them have tragic backstories or at least a backstory of adversity let's go with that like no one took me seriously um apparently the koto is considered a woman's instrument believe it or not despite being incredibly heavy and uh, well, it's pretty it, complicated. It, don't you like to play. play it
2: sort of like on the ground? Yeah. Yes.
0: It sits on okay. the ground. It has 13 strings with bridges that elevate the strings. And it can have up to 17. The largest Koto has 17 strings. And actually mid-song, so you will have to shift the bridges to get a different note to play. It's extraordinary. So it sounds like it
2: has a watch. it sounds like it has quite a range.
0: It really does. It's super instrument. cool. Um so. It's just so intense. It's weird. Now how much,
2: how much super cool Koto knowledge did you gain from the show?
0: Ah, so here's the problem. So Uh-oh. I am addicted to these characters. They're wonderful. And I'm not even joking you. They're very heartwarming people. Like their stories all start interconnecting. And like you really, really want them to succeed. They're funny. Like they're good to each other. They talk things out logically. Like Orange is all up in here right now. Um, hmm. And there's some beautiful koto pieces that get played, so I think its OST is is very pretty. Um, its okay, art good, isn't good. the best all the time. Uh, sometimes it's absolutely gorgeous, and sometimes it's like, oh no, the C team came in to animate faces. <laughs> um, so the the big problem with the show, getting back to Scott's question, is koto somehow it is not the main focus. The instrument, the koto, falls into the background. A lot. Like, character dynamics, relationships, they're all wonderful. And it's funny because I just complained in Hachigatsu that, you know, there wasn't enough character relationships and it was too much of, like, girls just playing some baseball and that was mediocre. This has, like, the opposite problem. It, it's such an interesting instrument because it's very deeply rooted in Japanese history. It's actually so old that it has musical notation that is different from Western staff notation. Oh, like wow, wow. pretty much all instruments can be graphed to Western staff. This instrument has its own Japanese musical notation and i was like teach me more about this instrument and like it drip feeds it every once in a while like, no (laughs) yeah no it just teaches you a little bit here a little bit there and like half the time when they're playing like i want the shots of their fingers moving lightning fast because one on one hand you wear these like plastic strips that let you strum similar to say like a It's not like a violin bowing you're like literally strumming or like rapid picking and your other hand is free so you can like strum all the strings or pick one at a time. So when they do show the hands, like a top-down shot of the hands playing Koto, it's it's amazing. Like, one hand is moving super fast on one side of the bridges, and the other hand is, like, either strumming or dual-picking at the same time. Like, the melodies that they can create, the polyphonic memory melodies that they can create are beautiful. Like, the sound is gorgeous. However... It's just it's just drip feed. I'm like, go back to teaching me the history of the Koto. Go back to teaching me how this musical notation works. Go go back. And then they're like, no, no, no. Just character development up the wazoo. So it's really rough. You're like,
2: rough. oh, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah. And like it's really rough because I do love these people. I love everyone they introduce. They very naturally get to a tournament arc. Hachigatsu, why? Um, it all comes together nicely in terms of the people but it's weird like I want to watch more but I also have a big problem with the show's lack of giving us a deep dive into the Koto as an instrument so it's in that ethereal maybe it's actually a very long-running manga that's super popular I had no idea until I started watching the show but uh it's 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 very popular people love the characters and I think A lot of people who loved the manga, their big thing was probably just being able to hear the beautiful Koto music now that it's animated. And that is a plus. So I guess think about it uh, because there is a second season of it coming. Okay. Um, So yeah, I mean, I'm in it. I want to see these people succeed. But man, more Koto, please. Please.
2: Huh. All right. And I guess in that case, we should wrap it up with... uh, So we've been, for our rolling review, we've been uh, doing Fruits Basket, the 2019 sort of remake. Uh, Because it's going to continue and we're going to keep reviewing it, we're not going to do a whole up thing about it. But uh, I think we should mention it in passing and uh, how we're all liking it. Uh, So it's great. Like, anyone who's not watching it should probably be watching it.
1: Pretty much. I mean... you guys think? I barely remember most of the original season and... I will say that this one, you know, hits the notes that I do recall. Uh it definitely captures the spirit of the original while dramatically upping the, you know, production values, everything's, you know, everything's done yeah, everything's done nice. with much more, you know, modern in a more modern style while still retaining, you know, the personality of the previous one. Um the care it's it's focuses on the characters first and foremost, and the relationships between them, and it takes all the time it needs without feeling like nothing is happening. Uh, e-
2: yeah, I like the the main male leads are being developed sort of at a slow pace, but developed yeah. well. So like I'm I'm I'm. You can actually
1: see how they're changing, and you know like Keo for example, you know he's the hothead; he's the one who is just you know prone to fighting at the drop of a hat. And even he, you know, there's a point where he had just like like. Physically has to restrain himself from letting out his anger. He's just like, okay, I'm calming, Deep I'm calming down now, and you're going to listen to me. And it's just really cool to see that sort of, uh, to see that sort of thing illustrated. And it's not just him; it's well, it's many of the characters. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely enjoying that aspect of it. But it is also just—it's again a sort of thing that you know your mileage may vary with this because it is very much in an older style of shoujo and
2: soft very soft and and very
1: soft and fluffy and if you're not and if that's not what you're looking for it's probably going to put you off a little bit at times just because that is what they dive into and they dive into it hard but if that is what you're looking for then yeah
2: then like just nestle yourself Mm -hmm.
3: up (laughs) The temporal dissonance is going to make my head explode. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> there are Poor some Brennan. serious issues with the way in which chronology is handled. Well,
2: when is it? Yeah, when is it set? Is is kind of a an ongoing question. But thankfully, I don't. It doesn't affect me too much. It sounds like Brennan's gonna have a like.
1: It
3: doesn't actually matter, but it's very obvious that nobody decided, like, to pick a year yeah. basically. Uh, well. And and have that year be consistent through the uh like the the thing that they're doing because like the the sequence of events is obviously still based on 1999 you know and the surrounding years presumably and uh and everything that like all the trappings are modern day which which wouldn't matter so much if we were in that part of the zodiac cycle, but we're off kilter. Like we're 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 offset, and it's super irritating to me.
1: <laughs> I suppose oh, some wow. sacrifices have to be made for uh, bringing something out so long after the in, after its initial time has passed. But still,
3: that's true. No, well, it's... again, like again, if they had just set it in twenty twenty three, or <laughs> in the future, but, and and I don't, you know. The only the only indication that they haven't done that really is the calendar in the back of this guy's office. But like How many uh, people keep outdated uh,
1: calendars f- kicking around?
0: In the year twenty-five oh no. twenty-five, <laughs> there'll be a calendar that doesn't keep proper time.
1: Nice. But again. What yeah.
2: else is there? Uh i like that the show can take its time, I guess. It seems like it's gonna have a long run. Uh and so far, like none of the episodes have f- felt like filler but they also haven't felt rushed. So, it's kind of a good slowish pace.
3: It's a uh, I mean what, it's a giant manga that's been yeah, it's completed big. for a long time, so they've had uh, some time to plan this out, I would imagine.
2: That's right. Uh the sort of the larger forces at work, like there there are some serious stuff mostly involving the the head of the house, Akito, and I guess Shigurei, who's sort of opposing him, like them and their motivations are kind of being teased without it being too clampy for now. Like We'll see how long they can sort of string out what these two are trying to angle at uh, while not telling us what it is.
0: I like uh, the show a lot. It's been a long time, like a very long time since I've watched something. This shoujo, like the magnitude of sparkle scale, <laughs> you know, for this this level of shoujo. It's, like Dan said, it's, it's a much older style of shojo, But... It's Very pleasant, like I'm always looking forward to it. It always mm. makes me feel calm. Like I watch it, and I'm just it
1: is happy. very soothing. I'm
0: like, oh, it's very, yeah, it's a soothingness to it without being like healing anime soothing. It's yeah, it's like there of... are
2: problems that characters have to face. It isn't just everything's great all the correct. time, correct? But... Yeah, it's not flying yeah.
0: witch, but it's it's nice, it's pleasant, it's fun, it's funny. I like that the two male leads like both have completely different angles they're coming from, but both of their angles are actually really legitimate. You know, there's like family abandonment plus wanting in on the family, and then, uh, you know, family sort of abuse in some ways and being stuck on the inside and desperately wanting to, to get out. And they contrast that really nicely. Um, I think I like the quirkiness of a lot of the other characters. Some of them, some of them great on mm. me. Kagura. Mm. please go away forever.
2: <laughs> oh, Kagura.
0: Uh, but it's. Or, or Moby G if uh. you're Dan. Oh my gosh, Moby G. Stop speaking in German. <laughs> Moby stop. G isn't
1: as bad as I feared. <laughs> anyway. It's that snake guy that I want to drown in a puddle.
2: Are you kidding? I love him. He's the best. <laughs> he's... Snake, man. Oh, he's
1: so skeezy.
2: <laughs> he's skeezy, but like. Him and Shigure's like... Ba- the banter is uh, great. Rapport I, with each other I is great. I won't disagree great.
1: with that. Their banter is fantastic. But his behavior towards uh, Toru, who I'm increasingly concerned has some sort of learning <laughs> disability or like a lack that of short-term Toru. memory. I don't know what it is, but that poor girl really needs to learn how to read people better. <laughs> hmm.
0: It's fine because you know who she's read great? Uo and Hana. <laughs> the two best characters. The most beautiful best friends or two moms <laughs> in existence. They're just lovely, and every time they're on screen, so great. I am so happy all the time. Like, their lines are solid, their existence is beautiful, their friendship with Toru is just like shiny love. I love it. And, yes. And,
2: like, and also, you gotta look, like, word on the street is Wave Girl. Oh, my gosh.
0: I laughed so hard, guys. So hard. Because he's, like, got his jacket, like, collar pop thing. And he's, like, looking to the side. And he's, like, yo, word on the street is that no one underestimates Wave Girl. And it's, like, who says
2: that? Do not underestimate Wave Girl. Yeah. So,
0: it's just, oh, it's uh, so good. But, yeah, you know what? I'm enjoying it. I, I do think people should should give it a try because you know what in an era where so many shows are just like full of cynicism or very clearly full of like whatever the heck fairy guns trying to do or just straight up mediocre like this show knows what it what it's trying to do and it is executing on it so it takes you back to a different time and it's pleasant and fun and watch the show and watch, watch the show
1: they knew they had a. They knew they had a big task and some very passionate fans that had waited a really long time for this. And man, they did their ever living best to deliver. I'm really happy to see something that took so long to come to fruition to actually stick the landing at the end. And yeah, we'll uh, see how the next half of it goes and uh, how long the season, hmm. the final season, ends up being. I think we're looking at a total of something like 60 plus episodes so this is going to be the long haul people
2: but you know mm-hmm. a good one so far I mean... all, all right. right
0: man that was long we watched too much stuff you
2: watched, watched too much, much stuff. stuff not that next season looks <laughs> any better. yes <done>.
0: maybe <laughs> very yes <laughs> oh well let's see if we do slightly better next season and by better I mean less shows I don't even know what that means. We'll see. We'll see. Anywho, well, you've got your recommendations and your not recommendations, and Fruits Basket. Yeah. Yeah. Fruits Basket. All right, guys, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next core.